Welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm talking to Marion Cantwell. This is part two of a two-part interview we had and so you can jump straight in and watch it from here or if you'd like a bit of context then maybe go and check out part one first. Coming up, Marion talks about how to create a location-independent business where you can work from anywhere in the world, experiencing failures along the way and how to deal with them, how to avoid burning out, how Marion was able to take a three-month-long holiday last year, plus we discuss how empathy has helped to stand out from the crowd. Coming up right now on Spirit Big. Enjoy. You're very uh, location-independent. That was something which you you put in place. That didn't just happen overnight. This was actually a strategic thing where you didn't want to be limited to one place so you didn't want to have an office you didn't want to have one country so you made that decision very early on how all of your trainings and your coaching things would be through like online through skype through video conferences through downloadable courses which allowed you the freedom to be living out of a backpack and be traveling all around the world but the way you've done it correct me if i'm wrong is you position yourself as an expert in this in this field and you you teach you train you um advise other people if i'm looking at your story and i'm really inspired and i, I will like oh, i want to travel or i want to be anywhere but i don't i don't feel like either i can or i, I don't want to be a teacher i don't want to i don't want to position myself as the expert does that shut the door i mean do you have to be the expert who imparts or is, is there other ways to do it yeah. that was a long well, that was a long-winded just, convoluted absolutely question absolutely understand it's a big question firstly i'd say that to me if you look at my my clients people i work with to me, free ranger has nothing to do with traveling the world. Okay. Free range humans about how you think about life and the freedom you bring to it. So I say that because I know we can often feel like that's the sexy way to have freedom. It's not necessarily. A lot of people would much prefer to actually travel the world a couple of months a year. And you can build that into your business almost no matter what your business is so long as you streamline it and do it properly. So that's the first thing. I'd say let's take the pressure off. So the way I started was I had what I believed was a face-to-face business. So I was coaching in person. I was running workshops in person. I was doing corporate workshops. I actually started out a range of things I did. One of them was I did corporate training. Um, I was helping people with CVs, all that stuff. And it was all in London. And I couldn't see how to take it out of London. That wasn't really a problem at first. I was quite happy. But then I started to want to take time out. And that's when I slowly moved stuff online and I slowly ditched the bits that I didn't want to go through the trouble of putting online. I ditched the corporate side because just I didn't wasn't really where I wanted to go anyway. So it was just easier to get rid of that. I closed off the live workshops in London, which had been my biggest stream of new clients. So it was a huge, huge, huge scary move to do. But my then I was like, I need to replace it with other stuff. So I was replacing it. So I think the first thing is to say you don't need to start from day one, but you can. There are definitely people who say they start from day one. If you can see the advantages of starting where you are and going online, start where you are and then go online. And the way to practice, I practice everything in experiments and projects. So my first location independent thing was, I think it was just one month away. My next one was three months away and I just packed up my whole life. Uh, so don't feel pressured. So that's the first thing. Second thing, to answer your question directly, what can you do? Um, I think the expert model is great. I don't think it is right for as many people as are being sold it is right for. Um, I think it's become the dominant way of seeing how to get freedom in your life, and it's a very good way. It's when you start to meet more people who really are doing something they love, who have the freedom to stay in one place if they want to or go away for a while or travel the world, 
not all of them are experts. The thing is, it's hard when you're researching that online because who do you find? You find people who have brands. So, of course, you assume everyone has a brand um, because that's how they do it. But actually, let's give a few examples. You know, I hire people in my team. Um, I have a very small team, but I tend to hire people who've been my clients uh, originally. And these people are doing a range of things for a range of clients. Some of them don't have their own websites uh, because they get recommended. So one person is my business manager. She calls herself the details director. She's a director for people, those of us who don't really love the details. Um, So that's a great example. So I think she's getting a website now, but she already has a few clients uh, without that. So that, you know, that's one example. You're not an expert, but you know, she's someone who would just love sorting out details for everyone. It's the most fun things you can think of. So that's one way. So you can work, you can, instead of, there's two ways I'd say. There's one of them is creating your own hub, your own brand, your own attraction hub almost. The other one is going into a range of other people's attraction hubs and helping them out, delivering with them in some way. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think so those are the two models and you can actually combine both. So you can be building up your own brand if you want to and also be delivering on other people's and actually making money before having to fully get your funnel sorted out. So I think I'd just say people open up your options by getting really curious about people who are doing things who might not have a brand online um, and, yeah, looking at what's available. That's amazing. Thanks. Um, and... A bit of a, a little bit of a detour, but um, a word that came up quite a few times um, is this idea of tribe, and um, this the pro- applies more so to the expert model, I imagine. Um, when you've you know, and um, it's this idea of building a tribe who are just super passionate. But what's this difference? Just for anyone who doesn't really understand this concept, what's the difference between having building a tribe and just normal clients or customers? Ooh, interesting. Um, I think it's two differences. One of them is I'm, I'm a very big language geek, and I believe that the language you use around the people around you affects how they see you and how, how you actually see them. So to me, a tribe has a lot of, I guess, a lot of connotations. It's a, you know, a close group of people who are, have the same values in a way. And so, so that, number one, to me, is really important. That's actually one of the reasons I use that word, of the fact that humans have always had tribes and free-range humans especially. Yeah. The other reason, though, It does. It, is, it, it, it paints the picture in your mind. You can, you can, it does. You can you know, see it. It's a tribe. Exactly. It's a movement. It's, to me, it's You're part really of something important. bigger. Yeah, and it's not going to work for everyone. It's not going to be... You know, some people would say I have a database. That's absolutely not something that would work for me. Some people would say I have an email list. It's not how I see the tribe. Um, that seems a lot more clinical and cold in my eyes. It does. And again, to some people, that really is fine for them. Yeah. And they might be doing something quite different. So the other reason, obviously, is it, not everyone is going to want to work with you from day one. Um, they might not need it. They might not get it. They might like it, but have whatever. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there are people who met me years ago who then years later buy a product, and they wouldn't have done that if I hadn't been cultivating a tribe at the time. So I think that has a huge value. And the other thing is there are people who might love your work um, but who have no desire to do the things that you're talking about. So I actually have some friends of mine who are in my tribe on my email list and who never want to quit their jobs. They're very happy with what they do, and they, they hate being self-employed. They actually like what they do, and they say we – Love being on there because, you know, we get this inspiration. We see possibilities that we apply to our lives in ways you might not realize. And they spread the word among 
their friends, among their colleagues. And again, you know, if you don't have that available, people can't really do that. So I think there's two reasons why I think it's really valuable. That's awesome. Um, when, um, when like the, when I get my biggest learnings and stuff is when I've you know I'm 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 always like every day I'm probably I'm I'm messing up and screwing up like all day long every day but like that's when I actually I'm just constantly learning and it's like you know through just I think I'm I'm, I'm more in the um the mindset of um ready fire aim and then just you know the, yeah. you know, and then suddenly okay changing course um do you have any sort of stories or any really like memorable failures which have you know looking back on reflection really like helped um sort of um direct oh, yes. to where you are <laughs> so i'm not um, the only one who fails every day <laughs> oh it's fantastic um, i i mean i think one of my favorite ones is i spent a while this is years ago um before actually kind of before the popular explosion of online courses about being your own boss happened and i was like why then know at the time affordable programs on how to run an online business, um, which was just the model I was using, and do stuff. You know, I was like, I didn't know, you know, at the time there really weren't any programs. Uh, there was more like group coaching, higher end. There was nothing, you know, under like the thousands really. And I thought, oh, I'm going to create that. As I partnered up with a friend who thought similarly and we created this thing and within about a month we were like, now we know why there were no really affordable courses on this because we were working so hard for return that wasn't worth it and we were getting really frustrated and within six months, or even less actually, I think three months, we closed down. It was one of my best lessons ever, which was like, I still call it, it was called... Um, it was called something e-school or something. I'm like, oh, my God, the e-school. And the people in it actually, you know, I thought it was just such a car crash personally. So I was just like, this was awful. They actually like, we really liked that. And I'm like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't really like that. So bye. I mean, you know, it was a good thing. As you know, you learn from your failures. Number one, I had some material I never would have had that went into more sustainable courses where you could put, I think it's really important as someone who's running your own thing to create something that you can put the time and energy in because it pays you what you're worth and therefore you can put time and energy into it. Or if you're at a higher stage, you have a team that you can delegate your team to do. Uh, and so I'm very glad that even though I spent a long time on something that didn't last very long, um, that I learned that, you know, not before, you know, I did it, it, did it on a very grand scale. Um, if I was learning that lesson now, I expect it would be a much harder lesson to learn. <laughs> Would you have done anything completely different? If you, if you, how would you approach that differently? If, if you just not started something would, without giving it the yeah. thought up front? Or? No, I, I still would have started it. Um, the premise behind it was why is there no real – I was talking like – I can't remember how much it was a month, but it was really ridiculous. Um, you know, it was well under $100 a month. And I was like, why is there nothing under this price point a month? And the, I, that was the key. And I think that's what I've done differently was – my question was, why is there nothing on this price point a month where there's good interaction from the people running it? Okay. And the answer was really obvious. <laughs> so what I've done is if I've positioned it as not having interaction, yeah. but then I'm not sure that would work, or I'd have put it at a much higher price, and that's that I was still would have launched it. And I think maybe it'd still be around if that was the case. Awesome. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Um, now, do you when you have a setback like that? Do, I mean, do you, do you get down on yourself, or are you just like uh, oh, yes. screw it? Just oh god, I get so down on myself. Oh yeah, I've got really 
awful self-talk. Um, so <laughs> who wins? Who wins in the little uh, argument on your shoulder? You've got the little angel of the devil, like, you know. <laughs> I've got my, I call him the little top dog. Top dog. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I could give a glib answer, but yeah, I get super down on myself and it can take, you know, I'm fairly sensitive and it can take a while to bounce back uh, from it. But yeah, the only thing I was too upset about that one, I mean, I was, it was a failing, but it wasn't like a personal, it didn't feel personal to me, but something feels a bit personal. I'd, I'd take a while to recover from it. Um, and you know, I'd have to, at that point, surround myself with people who you know, are like the right people to have around me take some time out, you know, take all that self-care. And that's stuff that when I started being my own boss, I wasn't very good at. I was very good at getting stuff done, but not very good at, I guess, the, the feeling side of it. And that's completely changed. And now I actually teach people that stuff because I'm like, look, I'm, I was burnout queen yeah. because of those habits. So, you know, if you're someone who gets down on yourself, who pushes yourself, you have to view yourself as your biggest asset in your business and start to treat yourself like you would treat a long-term asset that you really wanted to be working well, not just for two months, but, you know, in, in 10 years, in 20 years. When, you, when that flicks and you're like, I am running my biggest asset in my business to the ground in terms of how I'm thinking or how I'm, I'm being, it's a really obvious choice not to do that anymore. Have you, fa- have you found that? Um, because obviously... You've got the brand, which is sort of free range humans, but very much, you know, a lot of the people, you know, obviously, you know, are buying into you. They buy into your story. They buy into your message. Have you found that limiting where um, because you are such a big part of the whole thing for somebody else who was trying to um, do a similar sort of business because you are the business effectively? Like, can you have days off or like, how, how have you found that? Because you were talking about getting like drained and exhausted like how have you managed that along the ways because um Ah, good question i'm actually really good at taking time off you'll be happy to know um so at first i didn't say given my first couple of years Mm. i was really working hard but i was just pulling constant late nights because i didn't i think i didn't quite know what i was doing and there weren't the guides around then that are now so i i I grew up in business in yellow highlighter land as I <laughs> when you had all the sales page with the yellow highlighter and those were the role models. So clearly I, I learned something from them, but they weren't, it's not like I was going to take them on as long-term mentors. That's just not me. Yeah. So I learned in a really different way. I was pre-B school, you know, all that stuff that's out now wasn't out then. So I think that a lot of my, you know, you still have to work hard when you're starting out, but a lot of it came from not knowing what to do um, and from not understanding the value of delegating. Um, But because of those lessons, because of burning out a few times, I ended up taking on, you know, my very first hire uh, was a client of mine who became my VA, then became my business manager, then launched her own successful business off the back of that. And over the time she worked for me, everything shifted. So I think like the best thing I ever did was to hire, I had had hired VAs before and it was just like cataclysmically awful. (laughs) Number one, I didn't trust them. Like I think if you try to, I think it's really important in terms of time management. You're going to need at some point to delegate something in what you do. And if you aren't trusting people. So for anyone who doesn't know what VA is, it's just a virtual assistant. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, good point. Virtual assistant. So I, I do that the whole time. I'm, I'm like VA and this and that. And I'm just like, I actually had no idea what that was two, two years ago. And so I have to remind myself. Thank you. Uh, I, I should say that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so basically you don't need to hire um, at some point uh, or delegate or skill share. Like if you can't afford to do something, maybe you can do something with someone else and they can check your emails or whatever it might be. So you're absolutely going to have to. Yeah. But if you don't trust that person, um, because you're just not at the stage of trusting anyone, which is possible when it's your business and your baby, or because you've hired someone very low level, which was my mistake. I tried to hire you know, international VAs like from India because it was cheap and I, it didn't work. But when I hired someone I knew, I had immediate trust. And so that changed for me. Um, you know, I had someone who you know, was very high quality, but just shifted. And at first it was just checking emails, uh, but then it grew into a lot of stuff. So long story short, at the moment, I'm absolutely, I took two months off last year, uh, no, three months almost, back to back, no email checking, no one was allowed to contact me about my business, I couldn't check social media, and no one noticed, it was fantastic, <laughs> it was an experiment in how I could run through and tunes with not being there and no one knowing I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so you absolutely can, but you need to trust people, you need to put in the systems in place so you can, or if you're not at a stage where your business can support anything like that. I would say you might want to tweak your model of how money comes in so that it's cyclical, not a 24-7. Because if you need to be there every single day servicing clients, it means you've taken on clients who are just back-to-back. It means you haven't said clearly at the beginning, I take this chunk of time off. Uh, And, you know, everyone who works for me takes chunks of time off. It's really important. So I'd say... Don't just treat yourself as your own boss. Treat yourself, you know, as your own CEO, as your own manager. How would you structure things in your company, your one-person company? Would you change your policy on when you ran events? Would you change your policy on what you told clients when they took you on? Uh, would you look at income spiking? If you say, oh, I can't ever afford to do that, it's like, well, what if you put all your efforts one month into really raising a lot more money and then knew you are going to take a month off? It's always possible. Um, you know, I, I took several months off, so it's definitely <laughs> the case. Um, and it's all about how you, you build things up. And, make and, you know, I think one tip I'd have also, if you use a little extra tip, if oh, you're someone goodness. who is doing extra tip time, uh, content creation in any way, so if you're creating courses, if you're creating podcasts, if you're creating anything, um, don't sit on an idea uh, saying you'll do it a lot later when you have a bit of time now. Yeah. So... When you're in the zone, use that time to create. So an example, I was really enthused about a certain topic you know, years ago. Uh, as a result, you know, within a week, I decided to launch a course on it. I created that course. That course is still a major revenue stream for me today. It's what funded me for most of my time off years later. Um, and I'm seeing that again and again with people. It's because when you're at a stage where something is really present to you, Use it, create it, because that means if you have to show up every day to deliver that in person, um, that is a model, but then you're going to have to work out your time better. But what if you just had at least one thing that at least could pay your business's way, at least could maybe even pay your way uh, while you're away? Um, that's something that's really freeing as well. It's a little bonus well. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we kind of, I've got just a couple more points and then I, I will let you, I'll let you go. But um how have you we kind of touched on some of these things earlier, but what would you say like um, are some of the main ways that you've managed to sort of stand out from the crowd? Like, is it all about just having this really strong brand or are you 
you've or is it about fighting for like some a larger cause something bigger than you because you are bringing uh this happiness purpose like more direction to people's lives so it's something even bigger than you or do you just have a really unique selling point or is it a combination of all, all these kind of things would you say these things are never really clear are they <laughs> i think that's the first thing they're, they're never really clear it's not like you're going to say i've just found one thing that's forever um I think for me, it was the way I teach this is to look when you're standing out for the crowd, always look at yourself first. Before you look at who the crowd is, before you look at who your competitors are, look at you and say, what have I got that is in any way, you know, I call it my your 1% difference. And what is that thing that I've got that is maybe different about how I see the world maybe? Now, you don't have to pass to that all over your brand, but you do have to bring it to the table in everything you do. And mine are fairly, like, there's a few of them. But actually, a lot of it was about, like, a lot of how I got known was about how I delivered, um, well, I wrote a lot, for example, about for my blog and my uh, Friday love letters were how I really, one way I got known aside from speaking on stage. And what was key to those is that the ones that got really popular where people would say, oh, my God, I came to you, you know, I, I bought your course just because of that video, just because of that love letter, they were the ones where I was really feeling it because one of the things that I do really well is genuine empathy and feeling how you know, a crowd of people are feeling, even if I'm not in front of me because, you know, reading their emails and actually playing it back to them um, so that people feel understood, so people don't feel crazy about stuff and showing them another way from that point. Because a lot of people in my field yeah, that's not their superpower. Their superpower is clean solutions. Their superpower is, you know, one thing I do is enthusiasm, but some people, it, that's, just what, that's just their thing. So I think that for me it was really pinpointing that I could write, you know, top ten, you know, practical tips to this and that. And you look in my courses, that content is there, but my public content, the stuff that, like, wraps around the practical side, that like, I'm very strategic, but the stuff that wraps around the strategy is actually empathy. So people of a very certain type feel genuinely understood. And it's that simple to me. And also quality writing. So I'd be asked a lot, you know, how did your blog get popular? And I was like, I wrote really good posts. Like, <laughs> not mean to be funny about it, but I spent a lot of time writing quality content uh, and very important to me as a writer. So I think those two things together, um, we, which, you know, one question I ask my clients is, what can't you help doing? And those are two things I can't help doing. So when you ask yourself that, you'll find you know, an answer a lot quicker. And it ties back into authenticity, what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, it's actually like looking at yourself and being completely honest, like this is what I love, this is what I'm good at. And then, cause, and then you, you could be empathetic because um, you can genuinely, like, you know, because you know, that's just, you know, something you're good at, you, know, you can, making people feel understood, that, that's huge. And you're actually putting yourself in their shoes. And so... Um, and I think you can very, you can tell very easily when you're reading something, when you can tell if something's disingenuous or actually if it's true and, auth- and authentic and empathetic. And um, I think obviously like that really just shines through in, in your writing. So well, well answered. Good answer. <laughs> and now just to finish off, <laughs> I will, I'm definitely letting you go. Just two last things. Um, what is, this is one thing that we, um, we ask all of our, um, uh, all of our guests. So I might be putting you on the spot, but um, what is, if you had to just give one piece of advice or what's one thing that our listeners can go out and do today that will have a massive positive effect on their mm-hmm. lives. Some people are saying like meditation. Some people are saying like live in the moment. Some people are saying get clear on goal setting. What, what would you say if you had to just pick one thing? 
I should have pre-warned I you. So things. <laughs> and also, we, we, we like, we like, we like really cheating funny, on this I'm podcast, actually, so feel free to I'm cheat. actually running a challenge um, at the moment in my little tribe uh, to actually get people to do things like that one thing a week because I'm trying to pick from one of those <laughs> amazing things. Um, I think it would be to get playful with things in your life. So to look at what, if you go away today, and looked at what is something that you are thinking is so big at the moment that you can't even, it's on the back burner until the perfect weekend, you can't crack it, but it's definitely the thing that, you know, is most hanging over your head. What's your one thing that you're like, I'm totally going to get to that hanging over my head? And go and look at how you can do a version of that in a small way. That's what we call a free-range project, a play project. Uh, and I think that's the one thing that you can do throughout your life, like these are the most, one of the most beneficial things is to take things to one day and see how you can get an essence of it in the now. Uh, so if you are like, one day I'm going to write a novel and you haven't written a word, you can find 20 minutes. You can write one line on a page and it's absolutely terrible and you can do that every single day. You can sit down, find 20 minutes and do that or find it three times a week. Yeah. Um, and the, the more you stop looking at one day and the more you bring it into the now, that is where the big things start from. That's awesome. And that reminds me of a book, which have you read called The One Thing? I'm just talking about that, actually. Yeah, you? That's it's a, one of my favorite yeah. books. It's one of my favorite books last year. It just completely got it. It just came at such a relevant time. I was just trying to do 20,000 different things and you constantly felt overwhelmed and just, it was, a, it was an amazing book. And it just really just kind of what you said, just, just breaking it down to just what is the one thing I can do today that will make everything else easier or not necessary. Um, and it just, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, and last but not least, are there any other, are there any books or resources which have, um, had a big impact on you or like if you had to, you know, if we had to direct everyone just to one book or a resource. Several books and resources. Uh, you can have two because one of them should obviously be your own book. Re okay. I'll say in terms of business, a really readable quick book rework um, by the guys who started uh, 37 Signals and created Basecamp. So rework okay. is one book that really got me started thinking about doing things in small ways that get big. Um, and if you're actually looking for, I guess, direction in your life and you're not even at the stage of being really clear what you want to do, um, I think a title that I love is Find Your Own North Star by Martha Beck, which is she's a life coach who worked with Oprah and does some pretty cool stuff. Um, so that's more if you're at, at that stage. Uh, but obviously my book covers both of them. We're going so, uh, to definitely, <laughs> definitely link up that book below, don't you? I? <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Finally, how can people stay in touch? Should we send them to your, your website, your Twitters, your Absolutely. blogs? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say uh, check out Free Range Humans, the free-range-humans.com. I'm sure it's linked to below. Um, and get yourself on the tribe list. Uh, get yourself on my love letter list. And the other way, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash freerangehumans. And I post up some uh, pretty cool stuff from around the world on there. Marion, thank you so much. This has been absolutely awesome. It's been, I've, I've learned so much. Uh, a lot of these questions are just like, oh, what do I actually want to know myself? So um, <laughs> it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, giving up your, uh, your morning or in Bali, it might be afternoon now, is it? Afternoon, yeah. Thank you so much. It's awesome. And we'll uh, hopefully catch up soon. Thanks, Duncan. Bye, everyone.